And success is defined by how the customer defines it, that the customer is getting value out of the software that they think is important or they define as what they need. Welcome to the Fractional Edge podcast, the ultimate podcast where we unlock the power of workforce planning and discuss the rapidly growing fractional executive staffing strategies to supercharge your business. Meet your hosts, Carol Frazier, a workforce planning expert, fractional chief human resources officer, and founder of C4 Talent. And Jason Hewitt, the sensei of marketing, fractional chief marketing officer, and founder of Fifth Degree Marketing. We'll bring you insights from seasoned pros, inspiring success stories, and actionable strategies to optimize your valued workforce. Don't miss this chance to upgrade your business with top industry leaders in today's competitive landscape. So tune in and learn how to unleash your competitive edge. Welcome to the Fractional Edge podcast, where we talk about workforce planning and fractional executives as your competitive edge. My name is Carol Fraser. I am your host. I am a workforce planning expert as well as a fractional CHRO. Joining me is my co-host, Jason Hewitt, who is my sensei of marketing and our fractional chief marketing officer. And today, our guest is Lori. Lori, please introduce yourself. Hello. Hello, Carol. Hello, Jason. Thank you. Uh, my name is Lori Barlev. Um, I am sitting in beautiful New York City with a temperature of 110 degrees outside, real feel. Um, I am a B2B startup junkie, SaaS startup junkie, um, and I spent 25 plus years working in uh, working with company clients. Um, I am, as my kids would say, I am obsessed with uh, solving customer pains. Um, and this is most possible when you work with customers. So what kind of fractional title would you call yourself? A fractional customer success, client success, client satisfaction? Yeah, customer success. Yeah, fractional customer success executive. Nice. I mean, super important um, that once you actually have the clients, right? Once uh, yeah. you're working with an organization, are they keeping the clients? <laughs> ah, my tagline. You spend all this money acquiring oh, your it? clients, better well keep them. And to do that, you need to know how to make sure you work with your clients. So I that, that's Sweet. my whole focus is I, I, I'm... I'm very curious about what the customer pains are. And so the way you can get to that is by talking to them and working with them. And usually that's customer success. And so I kind of um, have launched up launch teams and re-architect teams um, and put in different processes in place um, when I've figured out that the customer is not so happy or we're not getting the money from the customer or the renewals from the customer, or in some cases, it turns out to be a feedback to the product where customer says, wait, but we're missing this. And this could be functionality. It could be a whole new product. So I, I really enjoy that piece. Lori, this is exciting. Uh, so I, I work as a fractional CMO and, um, a lot of the clients that I work with, we focus a lot on lead gen. Everything's about lead gen and acquisition. And yeah. I would say uh, a lot of the clients that are that are new that I work with, kind of customer success is an afterthought. So I believe in this very uh, on a very deep level. I see the benefit of it, but 
Um, I'm just kind of curious, do you, do you see that as well? Like when you work with new companies, it, is it something that they miss or is, are they fairly well, um, you know, advanced or fairly well built out in this area? So I would say it is, it has been very much more of an afterthought customer successes. I mean, everybody knows you need to take care of the customers. It's not that, that idea isn't foreign. Um, but I think companies, especially early on, are focused so much on growth. And in, you know, up until recently, it was not, it, you didn't really have to worry about keeping the customers as much as you did because people were buying the software, companies were buying the software. In this day and age, when it, getting a new logo is so hard, all of a sudden, the idea of getting more revenue from your customers, um, besides which it's significantly cheaper to get new revenue from your existing customers versus new revenue from new customers. It, I, I'm hoping customer success has its day in court, I think is the way you say, where I, the idea is, oh, wait, this isn't a cost center. This isn't an afterthought. There actually are some best practices and things that need to be done that are fair, not standardized, but there's like templatized that the investment will be made. But even, you know, even with tech companies where customer success is critical. And, and, and let me just say one thing. The reason after like customer success or working with the clients, getting revenue from the clients is so important um, in, in the SaaS model is that you could have as much as 80% of the revenue make over the lifetime of the customer comes after the first sale. And if your salespeople are out going and trying to close new logos, who's finding opportunities within your existing customers? And so that, I think, again, because that's more the focus right now um, in this market, customer success hopefully will really come into its own. I had to uh, kind of laugh. I work with um, a lot of my life is spent in CRM and marketing automation. And so many companies actually don't want to talk to the customers. They've, they've hidden the email. They've hidden their contact phone numbers. And it just blows my mind how many companies operate uh, off this level. So you obviously believe differently. Uh, you know, you embrace customer success. Can you tell us some of the best practices? You want to make sure that you're consistent when you're talking, you're like you're giving a consistent experience with the customers, right? You, 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 customers don't care who says they're representing the company. They, they want an answer from a person and they want to have the consistency that if they ask person A or they try to reach person A, it's going to be the same if they try to reach person B if they get a new customer success person. I think the other thing, I, I, I don't know if, it's a best practice, but in order to really get um, and get, get the customers engaged, you got to give them value when you communicate with them. It, it, this is all about customer success is all about what is the, how can the customer better deliver on the value that is important to the, to the customer, not to the company. So it's not, well, I need to have my weekly meetings or my monthly meetings or my business review because I need to check it off. It's, I need to have these conversations so that I develop this relationship with the customer um, so that they're talking to me about what their pains are and I can figure out, does it mean you need more testing, training, not testing, training? Or can I you know, expose you to another part of the functionality of the system or a new way of doing something? 
So one of the best practices is really constantly delivering value in every conversation that you have. And that conversation could be email. Um, and I think that's the, you know, one of the biggest things, important things to think about when you're doing customer success. So when you think about your background, um, you know, kind of tell us your story about how you've taken your experiences in the corporate world and how those components of your focus or your magic are impactful for clients and and like our audience around, you know, CEOs, PE firms, VCs. How can you tell us a little bit about what that journey is? I think what you're asking is kind of what's my secret sauce? How do I help get my customers or my clients to where I think they need to be? That works too. I just, okay. yeah, I wanted to know kind of your whole journey, but that works too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so my, my your... journey, my journey is I, I, I was thinking corporate is still a startup, not because I've never worked other than SAP. I've never really worked in large, super large companies. So I, the difference with uh, corporate um, is I think relative. So my, my entire background had been in coming in and working with customers early on. I was in product strategy. New, new product strategy. And you invariably, like, you, you can't figure out new product strategy if you're not talking to customers. So I was always having conversations with customers, asking them what their problems were. Um, I, I wanted to get into revenue. Like, I wanted, I wanted to have more transaction. I didn't want to just, you know, float in and say, talk to me, customer, about an idea that we think or a pain that we think you have. So I moved over to the, uh, the post sales side. And have been doing that ever since. I, I started um, in ad, like ad tech. Um, I, uh, I I had led a couple of teams where the the uh, focus was on delivering revenue from an ad campaign um, at Arizent, which was Source Media when I joined it. There was they were st- their B two B publisher, and they were still focused on print ads. There wasn't a whole lot of um, knowledge of what a digital ad was. How do you deal with digital ads? How do you deliver them? How do you maximize revenue? You're laughing. <laughs> you experienced this, Carol? Um, yes. So I, I had lived through that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and and I so I had they were very siloed or groups. So there were very siloed sales organizations, and. I went in and ha- and won them over by here's what I'm going to deliver for you. You guys go sell. My team will take care of telling you what you can sell and making sure that you make your money. So it was a ground up and it was a, it was a lot of um, working and understanding what my internal client needed because that was really who my, my client was at the time. And then shifting to the external client, we ended up being huge partners with sales and I would call us the MVP of the organization. Um, from there, I, I went um, into other leadership roles, same thing, um, customer success, um, still working with customers, trying to figure out, um, uh, their pain points and what is the product that, or what is the change that we need to have? Is it a new process? Is it a new product? So I, after a couple of companies, I, um, was with ComplySci where I walked in, they had a customer success team, um, they, it was really designed for a different period of time, a different set of customers. And I walked in and they said, we're, we're churning customers and we can't churn customers. 
And I looked at what the organization's organizational structure was. What was the way they had assigned clients? What were the clients that they, that each CSM was working with? What tools did they have? Did they have any sense of what was a healthy client? And if so, if not, why? Or how do I make the client healthy? And so I went in and restructured, built out tools, um, gave, um, promoted to direct, two people to director. They had, they were able to start managing their team, introduced to myself and introduced the structure to the customers, the, the client and delighted them. They're like, wow, I used to only have one person. Now I have two or three people I can reach out to. And so I've taken that type of experience and, and now, you know, work with it with clients. Um, what does it mean to do customer success if you don't really have a resource for it? You don't need a resource, right? You just need to know X, Y, or Z. How often do I talk to my customer? Why do I talk to my customer? How do I know what to talk to my customer about? How do I, what do I track? And so by going through it all in the, in the corporate world, um, you refine you know, your approaches to things. You, you get different experiences and you say, oh, okay, there's another tool for my, you know, my toolbox. That's awesome. I love how you've kind of, and I'm sure each client might be a little different, but how you've kind of said, you know, let me give you a framework of what customer success is and how some or all of these components can bring more success to your organization. It's, it's really expanding kind of like that telescope to, like you said, Jason, everybody's so focused on lead gen and, you know, acquisition of clients and not enough focus is over here on the satisfaction and the retention and the exponential growth of existing clients. And while I think that there might be, and maybe this is just kind of another follow-up question, is is there a difference? And if so, what are the differences between customer success in the organization, the companies that you service versus something like client service or... um, account management? Like, how do all of those different things kind of fall out? So unlike finance or sales, where you walk in and you say, okay, I'm in finance, people kind of know where, what you're working on. You may be in, you know, FP&A, but they know what it is. And they know what the responsibilities are. They know what's expected of them. They know people know what's expected of sales. When it comes to kind of after sales, it's a, it's, it's, it's not that it's ambiguous. It's, it hasn't, there's no fixed way, right? There's no, this group is always, customer success is always doing X, customer support is always doing Y, professional services. The way I think about it, the way I think it is the most effective is that for customer success is a relationship building role. It's all about the relationship, deepening that relationship, building that trust with the customer and being the one that's solving the problems and maybe solving those problems means means oh I need to give you to somebody to um, negotiate um, a, you know another um, package right I want to I want to buy this this package that I don't have right I'm you know I'm Salesforce I'm selling CRM now I'm selling marketing right service cloud service cloud um, so in my mind, the, it's really important 
that customer success is focused on and um, uh, evaluated on and um, and incentivized on developing that relationship, you know, and making sure that there's a communication to whoever's closing the deals that that happens. You can you can incentivize that services. It's just another it's another another output of where something that the customer success person um, can lead the client to, right? If you need professional services, you may need them to be during implementation. That's done through sales. But if there's another professional services offering, the success person becomes the ears of the client, passes, you know, brings in the professional services, and then is still there maintaining that relationship. So if something's going on with professional services, let's say you're doing a migration, the client has a point, uh, an advocate for themselves. Customer support, reactive. Right. I have a problem. I need to reset my login. I'll call customer support. I don't need to wait. I don't need a particular person to help with this problem. Customer success relationship. Account management. I would put account management in that post sales. I mean, not sales of the closing the logos, but any revenue that you need to work on. And it's focused on strategic clients, right? I, if you have a person in customer success, they generally are not someone who's going to go for it's going to be very sales oriented. So let's separate out sales oriented people who are good with negotiations, put them in account management and keep customer success more as like a, as an advisor, as a, as an advocate. Lori, this is uh it's fascinating. I love the discussion. And one question I have is let's say there's a CEO that's watching this uh, that maybe hasn't formalized that customer success uh, function within their company what guidance or advice can you give them for kind of taking first steps towards um, leveling that up a bit? So I'm glad you asked because that's one of my offerings um, or that's one of my expertise uh, areas. Um, So my customer success is not a function. It's not a team, right? You don't create customer success and expect all of that, that team to be responsible for all of it. It's got to be throughout the organization. So, you know, my my recommendation is that, or what I advise um, CEOs on is, you don't need to have a dedicated customer success person, but what you do need to have is a consistent way of doing things. You you know, if there's a you know, create some processes, create some ground rules for how you interact with the client. If you have to have somebody step in, like uh, a support person, be that customer success person allow them to have some, um, allow them not to have to think about what is the role of customer success and instead, what do I need to do to make sure I take care of the customer? So this is where I think Fractional comes in really nicely is have somebody who's done this, who understands how to work with clients come in and create, you know, simple, simple processes, simple tools. Here are the things to, here's the data to capture. Um, Here's what you may want to do down the road, like NPS scores, right? Any kind of surveying. If you have 10 customers, like there's, it's not that helpful from an aggregate standpoint, but you can't ask the question and find out what's going on. So from a, you know, one-to-one, but have a fractional come in like me, come in and say, let me put together a couple of things. Let me put a roadmap together for you on where you need to be, when, how do you think about it? But let me give you some really practical, usable tools that anybody can understand and anybody can use 
and give that customer a consistent experience with your with your um, with your company. Yeah, it makes sense. I um, I'm reframing as I'm talking to you and listening to to what you're saying, uh, how I think about customer success. Um, it's probably reflective of, of personality type too. Uh, but it sounds like it really needs to become a part of the culture of the company uh, baked into the soul of the company. Yeah, it absolutely does. I mean, it, how can a company be successful if the customers don't pay and renew and want to advocate for them, right? Advocate for your product. Well, customer success it really doesn't, they don't do the product, right? They don't do the billing. They don't do professional services. They're really just the conduit between the company and the customer. So if everybody in the company is in sync that we need to, you know, we want our customers to be successful and success is defined by how the customer defines it, that the customer is getting value out of the software that they think is important or they, de they define as what they need. How can you do that if the product team is like, I don't really care about what the customer wants. I'm going to build my own thing. Or billing says, I I'm just going to hammer the customer because they're not paying. But like that, that doesn't work. You have to kind of, kind of work in concert with one another. And again, there you get your consistent um, interaction with uh, the client. So yeah, if it's not, you just, you're just, you know, divide and conquer, right? You're, although you're conquering yourself, you're dividing and, and going in different directions. So I, I, it does have to be part of the culture. Thank you for tuning in to The Fractional Edge. We hope you enjoyed our insightful discussions and feel inspired to unleash your competitive edge. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to stay updated with the latest episodes. You can also connect with our podcast guests to benefit from their expertise and explore collaboration opportunities by visiting our website, thefractionaledge.com. Join us next time as we continue to explore the power of workforce planning and fractional executives in today's competitive business landscape. Until then, take care and keep growing.